You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Kentucky podcast. We bring you info and insights on UK football and basketball every weekday. Stay informed by making us part of your morning or afternoon commute. Listen and follow for free on Apple or Google Podcasts. Just subscribe to Locked On Kentucky. I'm Dan Reefer with Fox 56 along with Kyle Tucker of The Athletic. And uh, today uh, we're going to talk about one, uh, a new name for Rupp Arena, kind of, an addendum. Uh, also, the big game against Arkansas, Arkansas is absolutely ready for this. I mean, they are hyping it up. It feels like uh, 2012 Indiana at Assembly Hall all over again, uh, the way they're hyping this thing. And, and then the U.K. women put on a show uh, once again tonight, rolling along. But uh, you want to begin with uh, Rupp Arena at Central Bank Center? Yeah. Kyle, yeah, start let's, there. let's talk about the thing that has apparently got some people riled up, and I don't really understand it. No, I don't either. <laughs> Who is going? It's not like Kroger Field. No. Like Kroger Field replaced Commonwealth Stadium. So there's yes. no longer Commonwealth Stadium. It is Kroger Field. Rupp Arena is still Rupp Arena. Now, there will be certain broadcasts or certain things that will make them and force them to say Rupp Arena at Central Bank Center, but... But that's going to be like a one reference yeah. thing. It'll be on the graphic probably when they pan in, you know, the outside fans milling around outside, you know, they'll put it up on the screen, Rupp Arena at Central Bank Center, and they'll, you know, welcome to Lexington at Rupp Arena at Central Bank Center, and that'll be the last time you hear it. No, they're not going to waste their breath on the on a no. broadcast saying Rupp Arena at Central Bank Center every time. It's going to no. be Rupp Arena. Not one print writer is ever going to refer to it as anything but Rupp Arena. Uh, fans are going to call it Rupp Arena. Everybody's going to call it Rupp Arena. It is Rupp Arena. It's still the name. Basically, it's a parenthetical uh, yeah. is how I've been referring to it today. Rupp Arena at Central Bank Center is totally non-intrusive. It's just a, it's an elective change <laughs> to the name. Right. Like, right. You can leave it off so easily. <laughs> so uh, they didn't put anything in front of the name. It's not the, you know... It's not the uh, Piggly Wiggly Rupp Arena. Right. You know, it it is is the least invasive quote-unquote name change you could make, and yet you're getting a bunch of of benefit from it. So a couple things. One, it's going to help fund this total kind of remake of the outside, not only of Rupp Arena, but also the convention center. That's the, the central bank center. The convention center is what, what has actually been renamed. That's the other, it's, it's sort of misleading. It's really not renaming Rupp Arena. It's right. renaming the convention center that it is attached to and tying Rupp Arena's name to it as a, as a, you know, nod to the people that are paying you all this money. Um, but because of that money there, that's part of what is funding you know, there's all this, the new stuff that's going to make the outside of Rupp Arena not be a big tin box anymore, but have a glass facade and all this nice stuff. And the convention center center is getting, it's almost $300 million in total. Yeah, it's pretty big. That this whole project is. And, you know, they're a year away from the new luxury sort of pregame suite things uh, at, at Rupp Arena. Um, the arena is getting a lot nicer and it needed it. You know, they've made incremental upgrades, but this is going to be the big one. I think it'll be done by 2022. But the other thing, and I've seen some people get it wrong, several people, 
Well, they're they're not getting any more money for this because this is part of their deal with JMI that they signed a few years ago. It was like two hundred eighty million dollar deal or whatever with JMI, a huge mm-hmm. landmark yeah. deal, by the way. Uh, Kentucky, almost an unprecedented type of media rights deal that has super funded their athletic department. Um, and so they already got their money for that, or they already they already have their whatever they're getting annually from them, and they're not getting any more because they signed this deal. Well, that's not exactly true. Uh, because I checked with UK today on that, and the way that deal is structured is once they hit a certain amount of revenue in media rights partnerships and you know sponsorships that JMI is brokering on their behalf, once they hit a certain amount annually, anything beyond that, Kentucky gets 45% of. That's pretty sweet. Yes. So <laughs> this, sweet deal as, I, as I understand it, Deals like this are going to heavily push them over that number. And so it could mean millions a year, a few million dollars a year extra uh, for UK. So, yes, they are getting money from this, significant money probably. Um, and well, for, it's, and for nothing. It incentivizes UK's cooperation. Like it incentivizes UK's cooperation with JMI. Like not, we already got our money, so mm, right. It, it this says work with us, help a, us you'll get, get this deal yeah. done. Yeah, and and like and for nothing really. Uh, you know, as I understand it, the Rupp family was involved in this. I think one of them was there at the announcement yeah. today. Yeah, he was. Chip Rupp was, there. and they're fine with. I mean, of course they are. It doesn't. Nothing changed. Like, are you okay with it still being Rupp Arena with something tacked <laughs> onto the end that nobody's going to say? I guess right. you know. Like, um, basically, this money bought signage. You know, it's they're going to be Rupp Arena at at uh, Central Bank Center signage on the floor, probably at Rupp Arena and mm-hmm. around the arena and outside the arena on some broadcast graphics. I mean, if that really bugs you, I I don't know what to say. Like they've they've made it clear they're not ever gonna let it not be Rupp Arena. Right. Um yeah. And that's all that matters. Is sell every square inch of everything else around it. <laughs> I mm. mean, you've got to make money. Whether whether anybody likes it or not, what it has become, college athletics has become an arms race. And so you 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 know if you want to bring a BB gun to a bazooka fight, that's fine. But if you want to compete, you better find ways to keep up with Alabama yeah. and LSU and all these other football revenue juggernauts. Um, and Kentucky's still doing fine in that regard. But yeah, it's a business. You know, they they have opportunities to make money in basketball, right? Uh, and they've got to do it. Absolutely, and and it helps. Uh, I mean, JMI's deal gives them so much opportunity to to advertise, like all over campus, so many different places, and it's it's a pretty um, you know smart business deal to work this out where you get paid up front uh, for a, for a long term deal, and you just say, yeah, all this is yours, all this advertising space all over, that's yours. You sell it, just give us this amount, and then when you hit you know your number that you need to hit to be profitable in this deal to work for you, then we jump back in and, and take a little bit back. We take another 45% for ourselves over the over the course of this deal. So uh, this, this is just super beneficial to UK for its athletic department, and it keeps a deal like this from being able to happen again. Like when the time this, this contract runs out, 
that they look at it and go, yeah, this was beneficial for us. Let's uh, let's re-up and give you another $240 million. So for, for nothing. Look, it's again, right. Rupp Arena is Rupp Arena. It's not... Kroger Field is Commonwealth Stadium. That didn't happen here, so there's nothing, nothing to see, nothing to see here. Yeah, no, I, I, I just, <laughs> I thought when it came out, I was like, well, this is a, you know, nothing. This is no, this is yeah. nothing at all. They're, this isn't right. going to make anybody mad, and it, of course, right. it still made people mad. Um, Who knows? You know, I mean, I, I guess there's this like, well, you're selling out, you're 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 selling out, but, <laughs> yep. They are. They will. Everybody they is. Have. I mean, yeah. yeah, they are. But they're still Rupp Arena. They've protected the thing that everybody's made it cl- clear they want to protect. Yeah, uh, just be thankful will, that they will. still have a soul and a heart and yes. that they haven't just called it Central Bank Rupp Arena. Yeah, or, you know? or just said, you know, like they're Central not, Bank Arena. They're not yeah. they're not beholden to the Rupp family. That's a courtesy. That's a courtesy. Is. That is nothing more than a courtesy. Of uh, all the things they've done to piss off UK fans over the years, they could have easily just said, Well, no, we yeah. are changing it. I'm sorry. That times have changed. We're changing that. Well, that. and what would the would the actual naming rights to the Kentucky basketball arena right. be worth. I mean, exactly. I mean, if you really said like it's up for grabs, we will let you call the place where Kentucky basketball plays whatever you want for the right price. That price would be enormous. Uh, yeah, there's a not, couple things that are that. sacred and holy to Mitch Barnhart, and one is the name of Rupp Arena and and not giving people alcohol at games. That's he's not crossing those lines. <laughs> Yeah, and not doing that for money either when he knows right. that he's passing up oh, money. Oh, yeah. There's, I mean, and it's been proven now. We've got a season of football of, of numbers to show for the schools that did. All right, it's time to take a break. When we come back, we're going to get into this game against Arkansas uh, and talk. I mean, Arkansas is ready to go, folks. We'll talk about that a little bit when we return on the Locked on Kentucky podcast. You are locked on Kentucky. Your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. All right, we're back here on the Locked on Kentucky podcast. And uh, Arkansas hosts Kentucky at Bud Walton Arena. It's already sold out. Saturday at 4 o'clock. Student line entry. They already put this out here. Students can begin lining up to get into Bud Walton Arena no earlier than 6 a.m. For a 4 p.m. game. So they're expecting a huge crowd, like I said, a sellout. The first 1,500 fans get a T-shirt, 1,500 students actually, get a T-shirt. Eric Musselman is on the Arkansas men's basketball Twitter feed, like doing a little video of like, hey, students, you get this T-shirt. One of the first 1,500, get this T-shirt. Get in here. Kentucky's coming to town. We got to play them. Let's go. You know, he's all pumped up. And then there's a video of him wearing like a jumpsuit in a, in a um, team meeting. And he unzips it and takes the pants and the and the jacket off to reveal a brand new look uniform that Arkansas is going to wear on Saturday that they haven't worn before. It's a white, all white uniform, and instead of saying Arkansas across the front, it has the razor back. It's very sharp looking. They are uh, they are treating this like Calipari calls it. Everybody's Super Bowl. Well, they're they are absolutely treating this like the Super Bowl. Yeah, they're. It's, it's nothing be, new, but you know. No, but it's going to be a it's going to be a thunderdome in there because I I've said before when Arkansas is good or even kind of good, but especially when they think they're really good, that place is bonkers. It's it's it is the best atmosphere in the SEC at when when they are good, um, and they're good right now, 
um, people, one, believe in their new coach and the new direction of the program and this hot start they're on, which is way better than anybody expected. And two, probably smell some blood in the water with Kentucky looking <laughs> yeah. very beatable. Um, and, you know, I just – it would be a big-time win for Kentucky if they pull it off. I'll put it that way. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not expecting it uh, because I just think uh, – and, and not, without knowing, you know, is Tyrese Maxey hobbled, you know, for an extended period of time? He was definitely hobbled at the end of that game taking a shot in the thigh. Um, and then yeah, where that's... and then where are some other guys' heads at after that game? They didn't play well. Ashton Hagens didn't play well. Um, I, I don't know. This it's going to be a hornet's nest in there, and that's a team that's uh, that's playing with a lot of confidence. Um, and Musselman's a really good coach. He is. Uh, he's a really good coach, a really good X and O guy, and you know NBA guy. Um, what Kentucky does is relatively simple. Um, and so, you know, they've got some, they probably really in reality have a little more time, uh, to prepare for Kentucky. You know, yeah. Yeah. To focus because Kentucky's got to travel and got back late Wednesday night. Um, I just, I don't know, man, <laughs> it feels, well, look, it feels like it's all stacking up against Kentucky. And the, and the, I forgot if you mentioned this already, I know you mentioned the, the t-shirts and stuff, but the video of, of Musselman coming out in the sweats and then stripping down mm-hmm. into the full uniform that they're wearing, the special jersey uh, right. for this game is hilarious. He's still in playing shape. He looks like he, he still run out there and play. <laughs> yeah. uh, he's a tiny guy. Um, I forgot. I think he's like 5'7". Uh, really? Yeah, he's really tiny, but I mean, he played in the NBA. Um, he's a sharp guy, though. Let's see. No doubt about it. I'm trying to find his height. How tall is Eric Musselman? <laughs> doesn't doesn't really matter how tall he is because his guys. He's 55 years old, and if you see this video on the Arkansas men's basketball account where he strips yeah. down out of sweats and into the full uniform, he does not look like a 55 year old man. Looks like 45. Yeah. Um, what is his height? Uh, I wish I knew. Well, while you're looking that up, I'll I'll jump in here and and talk about a couple things that is scary for Kentucky because what, what did Kentucky do very poorly against uh, South Carolina the other night? Take care of the basketball. Uh, this, this team here, Arkansas leads the sec and is seventh nationally in turnover margin. They're plus 5.4. They force an average of 17 and a half turnovers per game. That leads the sec. Arkansas commits just 12 turnovers per game. That's second in the SEC, second fewest in the SEC. Uh, they're second in the SEC in assist-to-turnover ratio. Steals. They lead the SEC in total steals and steals per game with nine. Uh, so right there, taking care of the basketball and not being careless with it. That was a problem Kentucky had against South Carolina. They're going to have to clean this up because in that gymnasium, turnovers oh, yeah. will destroy you. Yeah, absolutely. That place will come down on top of you, and you won't know what to do. Now, the other thing, Kentucky has started shooting the ball well from three-point range, 44% in SEC play um, versus, I think, 29% in non-conference play. Well, Arkansas 
I did not realize this. Arkansas is number one in the nation in three-point field goal percentage defense. Number one in the country in defending the three. Opponents are shooting less than 23, just under 23% from the three against Arkansas. So those are a couple places. And then Arkansas, they don't actually shoot the three as well as I thought they would. They, they're 10th in the SEC in shooting the three. But Isaiah Joe, Mason Jones, those guys average each about 18 points a game. They got another guy, Jimmy Witt. Uh, he averages almost 15 points a game. They got Desi Sills. Uh, another guard who averages 10 points a game. I mean, we talk about Kentucky and them having four guys, essentially, who average 13 points a game. Well, Arkansas has four guys who average 18, 18, 15, and 10, which is, you know, analogous to what uh, Kentucky does as well with the production they get out of four guys. But all those four guys I just mentioned, uh, they're guards. So, again, this is a situation where it may take Nate Sestina out of the game where you can't use him. Uh, like you would like to, because he's not going. He's going to be uh, at a disadvantage trying to guard some of these guards. Now, the one thing Kentucky does have going for it statistically, when it comes to Arkansas, the Razorbacks are last in the SEC in rebounding margin. They they get out rebounded by four a game. They're last in offensive rebound. All the all the rebounding categories, they're last or second. As you last. would expect, playing yeah, small. right, exactly. So that. There could be where Kentucky could could find its advantage. But, yeah, if you uh, if you remember too, you know Sills and Isaiah Joe, they uh, combined to hit eight of twelve threes uh, last year at Rep Arena, and they had uh, nineteen and fifteen points. Mm, uh, they had yeah. to have Tyler Hero had to have the game of his college career. Uh, he right. hit nine of ten shots, five of six threes, six of six free throws, and had twenty nine points. Uh, that was kind of the Tyler Hero. Oh, yep. Well, he's gone. <laughs> uh, that that was the that was the day we knew for sure that Tyler Hero was was not coming back. Um, but those guys were good, and and Isaiah Joe looked every bit the part of a guy that um, would light Kentucky up and did, and and so he's back. And that's those guys. The fact that they could shoot you out of the building, uh, the fact that they're just by the nature of the matchup could pretty much neutralize the value of Nate Sestina, as you mentioned. Um, this is a, a kind of scary one, by the way, just a quick fact check on myself. Musselman. I was like, how did he play in the NBA? He didn't play in the NBA. He coached in the NBA. Uh, yeah. He played at San Diego and scored like uh, third, 74 points in his college career, <laughs> but, but he was, uh, he Who was did he coach though. He Who was he five the nuggets. He was five and uh, five foot seven. Hang on, I'll give you his whole coaching. Uh, his coaching career. He was a Minnesota Timberwolves assistant, then an Orlando Magic and Atlanta Hawks assistant, Golden State Warriors head coach, uh, Memphis Grizzlies assistant, Sacramento Ki- Sacramento Kings head coach, uh, coached the Reno Bighorns and the Los Angeles Defenders, um, Arizona State. LSU um, as an assistant. Then, then from there he was Nevada, obviously as the head coach. Where they well, were I was really I was, good. A couple. couple I was years. on board with him playing in the NBA. I thought I could have sworn I remember him playing for the Denver Nuggets. That's just me, but obviously he did not. <laughs> yeah, his playing career is just listed as San Diego, and uh, <laughs> given how little it looks like he played in college, I don't think he played in the NBA. He's or the native of, say San Diego. Yeah, he's also the the son of a former NBA coach, Bill Musselman. 
Um, so, okay. uh, in, in yeah. an NBA coach and a guy who won, uh, four CBA championships. So, yeah. Well, uh, let's, let's take another break. And when we come back, we'll, we'll continue with this, this matchup against Arkansas. And then also talk a little bit about the UK women's basketball team, which had a big win on Thursday night when the lockdown Kentucky podcast continues. This is Locked On Kentucky, your team every day. All right, so I know you said we're back here on the Locked On Kentucky podcast. Uh, podcast. I know you said Kyle that you thought me you didn't feel very good about this game, and I don't. I don't have a great feeling either about this Kentucky Arkansas matchup Saturday at four o'clock in Bud Walton Arena with the sellout crowd and uh, the team that Arkansas has there, and the way Musselman, their coach, is kind of get this thing hyped up and, and they're ready to go, but. The other thing that uh, you can't overlook about Kentucky is Tyrese Maxey loves loves the big stage. He loves the big challenge. The bigger the game, the bigger he plays. I mean, the way he outplayed Anthony Edwards in Georgia, that was 100% all about, I'm going against Anthony Edwards. They say he's the best freshman in the country. I'm about to show them. Uh, he shows up in that kind of situation. Emmanuel quickly has shown up for five, six games in a row now. He, you're, you, you almost can bet that you're going to get 18 to 20 points out of him and, and three threes or so. He's going to play well. So now it comes down to Ashton Haggins, and Ashton Haggins has the ability to play well. So when you talk about Isaiah Joe, Mason Jones, and um, the Witt, Jimmy Witt, well, Kentucky's got Ashton Haggins, Tyrese Maxey, and Emmanuel quickly. There's no reason those three guys can't play to the level or better than what Arkansas has, and then your advantage would be, if you could get those matchups to work for you, your advantage was would be that they don't have a Nick Richards. Yeah, I mean, they don't have a Nick Richards. They don't have an EJ Montgomery if it's a night that EJ decides to show up. Um, I mean, Kentucky could kill them with those guys uh, because cause EJ can defend you know, where Nate can't. Just right. physically, I don't think can. Uh, EJ can uh defend a guard if he needs to and nick can move his feet you know they've got to he's got to not get in foul trouble um but but yeah they could in theory if you're if you've neutralized them on the on the perimeter um then you you may have the one the one obvious advantage in the whole game being yours uh with nick by the way just just breaking into this specific discussion about arkansas we have an update to the insane week of college basketball as Oregon lost tonight to an unranked team. So this is how it Did shakes. They, this is what, how it Washington shakes State? Out. Yes. This oh, my is how, gosh. This is how it shakes out right now. Number three, Duke, lost to 9-7 and seven Clemson. Number four, Auburn, lost to 9-7 and seven Alabama. Number eight, Oregon, lost to 11-7 and seven Washington State. And number ten Kentucky lost to nine and seven South Carolina. So four top ten teams have lost to seven lost teams that were unranked uh, in conference play. And then Butler all lost on to the Seton. road. Yeah, all and, on the road. And then Butler lost to Seton Hall, number five Butler. So five of the top ten have lost, um, and four of them to unranked seven lost teams this week. So <laughs> just this week. Just it yeah. just and it's Thursday. I mean, you know. There are going to probably be some more teams that'll in the top ten that'll lose their weekend game. So uh, I don't even let me see what Saturday brings us for potential ranked upsets. I mean Auburn could lose again. They're playing Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, who else? There's a. I mean, there's San Diego State that is um, 
Or no, I'm not talking about San Diego State. There's um, um Butler's playing DePaul, which is a dangerous team. BYU. BYU is at Gonzaga. Yep. That, uh, that's a possibility there. Yep. And uh, Kansas is at Texas, I think. Um, yeah, there could be some more upsets for sure. Louisville, the big game of the week is Louisville-Duke right? Um, on Saturday. Yeah, San Diego State's got a lot. Well, the seven-loss curse. San Diego State's got seven-loss Nevada. I watched uh, Nevada the other night. They're, not they're, good. They're not. They're good. miserable. Yeah, they're they're missing their coach that's now at Arkansas to bring yeah, it back right. to bring it all back uh, in this discussion. But uh, Mark Pope at, at BYU's got a good team. I did hear them say though that like their big six eight guy, um, one of their best players, is out and won't be playing that game. But still, um, they've got some pieces there. Um, I don't know. Since it's at Gonzaga, I, I probably don't like that. But uh, it being an upset, but. Uh, I mean, there's some matchups there. It's it's crazy. That's the good thing about, um, you know, UK losing to South Carolina, or the good thing about if they do lose some of these games, is so's everybody else. So right. some of their losses are worse than some of those other teams' losses, but still. Yeah, you. Or, ca- I mean, you kind of go like, you get you can you can easily get sucked into a vacuum for like in both ways. You can go like, oh man, those they got some really good wins. You know, Louisville, Michigan State. That's but, and then you look at some of the other top teams, and they've got like five of those. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other way, you go, oh, man, they're they're toast, and I'm guilty of that, like three sub-100 losses. And that's pretty bad. I mean, for a team that considers itself a contender, that's pretty bad. Um, but everybody's got at least two, just about, everybody's got at least two head-scratching losses. Um, yeah. Almost across the board now, other than Gonzaga, so. Yeah, I mean, you look at LSU. I think they're four, and uh, they're the only unbeaten left in the SEC. And didn't they get blown out at home by ETSU, East Tennessee State? I'm sure this they season? did. I think they did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm sure they did. But yeah, if you're if you're playing a seven loss team, anytime in the look next out. few days, you're toast. <laughs> All right, well, let's jump over here to uh, the UK women's basketball team, ranked number eleven this week, uh, hosting number twelve Texas A&M on Thursday night, and. One thing that seems to bother Kentucky and has traditionally is it's tough is when this team plays like uh, South Carolina, where they've got just too much size. Texas A&M had size that I thought uh, t- Tennessee had size. And the thing though, Kentucky played Tennessee in Memorial Coliseum. They were able to take care of them. Here comes Texas A&M in Memorial Coliseum, and Kentucky's able to take care of them, seventy-six fifty-four. Just put a whipping on them. Ryan Howard, twenty-four points and eleven rebounds. Uh, the UK women's team now four and one in the conference, fifteen and two overall. And Ryan Howard is just continuing to grow and get better. And she may, she she may leave here as the best player to ever come through uh, the UK women's basketball program. It's Valerie still is kind of the standard. And uh, I've seen. The I mean, is she in the national in- like? In the national player of the year picture at this point? There's talk. There's talk. She's not all the way there because some of those. Uh, some of those bigs get a little bit more love. There's the one girl from Oregon who's always putting up a triple-double every other night. Um, well, but, that's I mean, probably going to get you there. Yeah, but her name is tossed around a little bit. I mean, she could definitely get SEC player yeah. of the year. And uh, women's which, basketball, because they're around so much longer, there's probably some like career achievement <laughs> you know, that goes stuff into that yeah. goes into national awards mm-hmm. because you actually have seniors who've been doing it for four years. 
but yeah, I mean, you would think a season like this, averaging twenty four a game, um, mm-hmm. shooting forty percent from three, uh, over forty percent from three for a season as a sophomore after being national freshman of the year. If you're say your SEC player of the year as a sophomore and averaging 24, 25 a game, probably puts you on the 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 radar, which I think is so important to all these awards. Unfortunately, is like, are you there at the start of the year? It's mm-hmm. rare that anybody just roars from the back of the pack and wins a, a national award. Yeah. Um. So yeah, but I mean, I don't know how she, I don't know how she couldn't be establishing herself as one of the handful of best players in America. She's on this. I mean, this tear she's on. Uh, in terms of just consistent excellence, we talked about it a few podcasts ago. But here are, let's see, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. In nine of the last 10 games, she's scored at least 22. And in those, she's had 29, 30, had one bad game, then 26, 29, 28, 37, 43, 22, and 24. Yeah. And that's in the thick of the schedule. Uh, She's the only player in the school's history to have five consecutive games of 25 or more. That streak ended, I think, the last game. 22, yeah. But she's had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven straight games with at least 22 points. Yeah, now the seven-game streak of at least 20 points uh, ties Macy Morris. Macy Morris did that seven straight games. So her next game of – if she the next game she gets 20 or more, she'll stand alone in that category too so she's already doing some things that have never been done before as a sophomore you you give her two more years and we're talking we're definitely talking national player of the year consideration because she's likely going to be sec player of the way of the year if she keeps this up but it's 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 something else i mean i covered the uk women's basketball team um you know for several years and saw some of these players come through and saw, you know, watched them in person, and I, I already think she's better than any one of them that I've seen. Um, yeah, like the Audia Mathis <laughs> and the Vic Dunlap, and um, I mean, they're really good. Those are oh, really good. Michaela Epps, some really really good players. But yeah, I already just watching here for a, a season and a half now. I already think she's the best UK women's basketball player I've seen in person anyway. And I just got to say it again because it's like I, it's so foreign to me covering the men's program. How nice it must be to be Matthew Mitchell and to get this out of her in her first two years. She's national <laughs> freshman of the year and, you know, super badass in year two. And to know, like, with m- pretty much total confidence, like, I get her at least one more year. I mean, I guess some yeah. women's players can go to the WNBA now probably after their junior year, right? I don't know. Do they? Do some of them leave one year early? I don't. I don't know. I assume maybe really good ones can, but like at at worst, you're going to get a junior year out of her, right? Yeah, because um, you know they they just the WNBA just did a new collective bargaining agreement, and it raised like the the best salary I think to five hundred five hundred. Yeah, five hundred. The stars can make five hundred thousand. Right, it was, was a huge, huge moment uh, for the WNBA for women's but players. You, but you could still make a million overseas. Is like, that right? Uh, yes, I saw a whole story with Lena Deladon on how she is so tied to her brother, who is a special needs um, young man. Who she uh, is so 
I don't, I don't know. Just has a bond. She's with like she, uh, not necessarily his caretaker, but they have they're really really close. Right. Yeah. She, I've she seen won't some leave. great stories on that. Yeah. Yeah. She won't go overseas. She won't do it. And like her her partner is saying, this is a lifetime opportunity right here. You got to do it now. If you pass this up, it may not be there anymore. Uh, and she won't go. She won't go make the money that she could earn over a million dollars. You know, a year salary. So, yeah, the money's actually better overseas for the best players than it is in the WNBA. So I saw that the this helps them be able to keep their best players from going overseas. So I don't know. Maybe there's a lure there, but I, I think I think most likely at least junior and probably senior. Yeah. Point being, yeah, yeah. like. It must be from, it yeah. must be so nice yeah. to be able to get not only get top players, which you know that's Cal Perry's goal every year, but like if you uh, it, that having her and knowing you're going to have her for three or four years is like having you know one of these star guys that Kentucky has gotten under Cal, and it like, allows you and, to build a team. <laughs> and knowing you could have like if you had yeah. Anthony, this I mean, essentially. It's not quite Anthony Davis because, I mean, she wasn't national player of the year. But it's right. it's not far from Anthony Davis. So let's say it's let's say it's Carl Towns uh, who took a, you know, we didn't know for sure he was a superstar till the end of his freshman year. Let's say you got Carl Towns and you end that season and you go, all right, well, what are we going to put around Carl for the next three years? <laughs> right. Exactly. I mean, it's outrageous. You wouldn't get as many. Guys, because you wouldn't be cycling your, but you wouldn't matter. You, you, you know, you'd be like, okay, uh, Carl and Devin, uh, we're gonna build around you and Tyler. Right. Carl, yeah. let's say Carl Towns, Devin and Tyler are together for three seasons. Yeah, it's unreal. Any it's of those, unreal. or you know, Anthony Davis with one more year with Terrence Jones and Marcus Teague, and um, so and and. and you know, building on that point, they are doing that. They're, you know, they're going to have her back, and they're going to add our favorite player ever, without ever seeing her play, Treasure Hunt, <laughs> yeah. uh, and, who's a five-star recruit. And some, I think they have a just an overall a good class coming in. Well, the three of them, the three that they've signed already, were just uh, today. All three were nominated for uh, McDonald's All All America Game. So, so pretty good. Yeah. Uh, anyway. I, I've got to hold myself to this, uh, and so I would advise our listeners to as well. Um, go see her play because yeah, it seemed this, there is a uh, generational type player playing for the Kentucky women's program right now. And by the way, there you know I'm looking I'm on her bio, and there's like a gallery scrolling through. The women have such better uniforms than the men. Mm-hmm. Their uniforms yeah. are awesome. They, they have this white Kentucky. Uh, it's a white with blue Kentucky lettering that sort of circle is at an arc over the number in the middle. And it's just perfect. It's a perfect Jersey. Anyway, that's a whole other aside, but yeah, it's better. I don't, I don't care for what UK is wearing, but we're we're out of time. We're, we're done for the week. Uh, We're going to shut this thing down and we will talk to you again on Monday. In the meantime, you can follow us on Twitter, comment to us at D R I E F F E R. And Kyle is at Kyle Tucker underscore A T H. All right, have a great weekend, everyone. You are Locked On Kentucky, available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcast Locked On. Don't worry, I won't finish. You get the idea.